right, so we, we've talked about some different scenarios that um, are uh, kind of debatable, you know, regarding uh, gambling issues. Is this okay? Is this not? So what the idea is what? How, how as Christians are we supposed to respond to this, right? So we're going to take a look at that and uh, hopefully come out with some answers, okay? So uh, as, uh, to begin, let's define our purpose so we're all on the same page. We know where we're headed and we know how we're going to get there, okay? So why we're doing this? Uh, to provide a framework by which we can measure our attitudes, motives, and actions concerning gambling through the lens of Scripture, okay? So we're trying to figure out does Scripture, is this something that God uh, would that God would support me doing? Is this something that's going to be God-honoring? Well, why do we want to know that, okay? Our ultimate goal, to make wise decisions in order to live our lives holy and pleasing to God, giving Him the ultimate glory in all that we do, okay? That applies across the board, right? We're going to narrow it down to the issue of gambling today and uh, um, hopefully, again, come out with some ideas of how to better navigate this issue. Um, because, really, you know, is uh, one of the questions we'll ask, is gambling a sin? Okay, and we'll have to answer that too. So why, uh, again, what does Scripture say that, that, that leads us to, to even want to do this? Uh, Paul challenges us, walk as, uh, as children of light and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Okay, So he's saying, in order to, to live a holy life pleasing to God, we need to discern what God would be pleased by, right? Makes sense? Logical? Okay. Why is this a hot topic? Well, if in case uh, you've been living in a box, gambling has exploded in popularity recently. All right? Uh, there's some stats on your, on your handouts, uh, but briefly, revenues have nearly doubled from 2.6 to 5.5 billion since 1998. Uh, there are more forms of gambling now, and there are uh, much easier ways to uh, access it. Uh, there's a worldwide industry of $335 billion, and that was in two, two, uh, 2009. Um, that's significantly more than, say, the music industry or the uh, movie industry. Okay? Uh, also, why is it a hot topic? Because, as we saw in our discussion, there's a variety of opinions, what's okay and what's not. All right? So we need to kind of, um, given that there's going to be a difference of opinion, we have to figure out uh, how we discern the right versus the wrong um, from God's perspective, not ours. So what is gambling? Uh, can someone read this definition aloud? Jeff, nice strong voice. Okay, so there's some different elements. Number one, and this is where if you see something yellow, it's going to be a blank in your handout. Number one, there's an incentive consisting of money or merchandise that's offered. Okay, so we're looking to gain something from this experience. Number two, the prize that's acquired, what we're gaining is acquired primarily based on the basis of chance. Okay, So there's an incentive to get something. In order to get something, there's, a, there's an element of chance that's going to decide the outcome, Okay, primarily. Number three, a risk is required to become involved in the chance taken. So we have to give something up potentially in order to take the chance to get something greater back. All right, so what is gambling not? Well, so for this discussion, uh, gambling does not involve the use of creative effort, useful skills, or responsible investing. So one of the arguments that's out there is, well, then anything, you know, the stock market is gambling, or 
a farmer gambles because he doesn't know, you know, he doesn't know if he's going to have crops. Well, these are all things that are uh, based ideally on wise decisions. Okay, you you do your research, and if a farmer is more likely to not be successful farming, he's probably not going to farm on that land, right? He's going to make a wise decision. This is a good place. This is a good crop. I'm going to go ahead and do this. Sometimes it doesn't work out, but we're not going to consider that kind of thing gambling, okay? So uh, some people just shout out, what are, what are some things that qualify then as gambling that, that we know about? Fantasy football, okay. Anybody else? Slot machines, great. Lotteries. Poker. Horse racing. Any other ones? All right, sports betting, there you go. Great. What about something like carnival games? There is. Would you say they are realistic odds to win them? Bingo? Yeah. <laughs> yes, in this market, buying a house, yes. <laughs> All right, well, here's, here's some. We've listed a lot of these uh, ones we didn't list, some card games, Internet games. Um, but you get the idea. We, you know, Casinos, obviously, uh, table games, um, we're going to consider those gambling too. So the, question, the big question, is gambling a sin? Who knows what the Bible says, yes or no, is gambling a sin? Anybody say yes? Absolutely. John? One of the points I okay. lots of scripture. Okay. Good argument. Anybody saying no way? Gambling itself is not a sin. Yep. All right. Okay. So the results or the consequences of that, perhaps. Okay. So God's word does not specifically or directly forbid the practice of gambling. There's no eleventh commandment that says thou shalt not gamble. Okay. So there's a little bit of of uh, you know, discernment that we need to make of, well, is God's word saying it's okay to gamble, or does God's word really lead us to the conclusion that it's not? Okay? Um, so what can make gambling sinful? You know, if, we, if we go with the idea that it's not gambling itself that's a sin, well, I think we talked about motivations, right? Can our motivations be sinful? Yeah, right? Okay, great. We'll, we're going to talk about that too. Yep, okay, so there's a stewardship issue. And then our choices. If we make unwise decisions, that could also be sin as well, right? If we disobey a, a command from God, a biblical principle, in the process of gambling, well, that's going to be wrong. I think we can all agree that, with that, right? So, let's talk about some motivations. Remember Jesus' warning, Matthew 26:41. It says, Watch and pray that you may not enter in temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So, if the goal is holy living, what's our obstacle? Holy living, based on this verse here. Flesh. Very good. The obstacle is our flesh. We have a sinful nature. Our flesh wants to do things that are disobedient or against the principles that God desires for us sometime, right? All right. Someone uh, read uh, in your handout Romans 8. Five to eight. Can someone volunteer to do that? So the mind on the flesh, what does not equal ability to please God, right? Minder. What are our motives? Uh, the um, before we get into this, what can we uh, just popcorn again? Uh, some answers. What what are some motives that people would have uh, to gamble? Get rich quick. Great. Entertainment. Good. Social elements. 
Excitement, okay. The rush. All right, so there's avoidance issues. Great. Peer pressure, all right. Okay. Great point. What's greed? Very good. Awesome. Well, uh, psychologists have come up with a five-factor gambling motivation model. I believe we touched on all of them uh, just now, so you all are very smart. So the first one, socialization. They want to get out. They want to be around people. Well, a casino uh, is a great place to do that. And, um, you know, you play cards with your buddies. It's a social uh, opportunity, right? So this one, what, can be, yeah, that can be a good thing, right? We all need this in our lives. God created relationships because we need them. So um, the socialization could be a good motivation, right? Maybe, maybe not, though, depending on who you're hanging out with. Uh, number two, amusement. Avoidance. We talked about that. I'm not sure how avoidance could be a great thing. If someone has an idea on that, please uh, share it. So maybe this one's a not quite positive issue, right? Of anything. What, what's an idea? What, what's someone going to avoid by, by going to gambling? Responsibility? Work? Okay. Being around family. Yeah, conflict. Yeah, things are tough at home. What with that first scenario we talked about, the guy, uh, you know, he takes off, leaves his wife and kids at home because he, something, for some reason he doesn't want to be around there. Okay. So uh, number four would be excitement. All right. We talked about that rush that comes with, with gambling. All right. Nothing, again, maybe nothing wrong in wanting to be excited. You know, we do a lot of things for excitement. But, again, we're asking ourselves, well, what are we going to in order to get that? And why are we looking for excitement? Five, of course, is, is monetary. We want to get rich quick. We want to increase our wealth a little bit. And that just the idea of, wow, what if I win big, you know? So, the way that we're going to kind of discern this is uh, by use of a litmus test. Does everybody know what a litmus test is? When do we generally see them? One of these high school guys... What, what, what class are you going to generally see a litmus test? Chemistry, you're right. A little slip of paper, you stick it in the solution, it turns a certain color, tells you if it's positive or negative, depending on what you're looking for, right? So, uh, a litmus test can apply uh, in other areas too. It's not just a little slip of paper. Generally, it's a test in which a single factor is decisive. Okay, we're looking for a, an answer, a yes or no answer. Uh, it could be on anything. Um, but this factor is going to determine either yes or no. What are we testing? Well, in this for these purposes, we're testing our attitudes, our actions, and our motives. Okay, these are the areas that, if uh, done according to the flesh, can lead us down the wrong path. So there's four different areas we're going to look at. Okay, and I know that there are more elements to uh, or concerns that can arise with gambling, but these are kind of the the four big ones, I believe, that, that we need to uh, really focus on if we're going to approach an opportunity to gamble to say, is this something that's wise or is this something that's unwise? Okay. Number one is going to be trusting in the sovereignty of God. Number two, stewardship. We brought that up. Number three, covetousness and greed. All right. We've talked about that a little bit. And number four, compassion and social justice. Okay. So let's start with trusting the sovereignty of God. Um, now I'm going to need a lot of volunteers to get ready and read some scripture, we're going to move through these somewhat quickly because we have a lot of them to go through, but uh, we want to make sure that uh, you speak up loud and, and we uh, can hear everybody, okay? So, what does the Bible say about trusting the sovereignty of God? You can follow along in your handout and read from there if you'd like. Uh, someone to read Psalm 115.3. About someone from Kyle's table over here. 
Excellent. So to summarize this one, what? God does what He wants, right? He's in charge. Excellent. Proverbs 16.33 from this front table here. So what? Does that mean God's decision, or every decision, comes from the Lord? Okay? He's got His hand over over all things. Alright? Next one is going to be Isaiah 65, 11, and 12. How about uh, this table here? Passage. God's talking about the Israelites uh, who gave themselves over to pagan worship. In this case, the pagan worship had to do with invoking gods of fortune and luck. Okay? So, when the Israelites turned their back on God, He basically said, look, you do this, you give yourselves over to these things, you're destined for destruction. Okay? Forsaking God, destined to the sword. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 27-29. How about Monty's table? Compared to God, we're nothing, right? Bring up an interesting point. Is there an instance of gambling in the Bible? It talks a little bit about it in your handout. We're not, we're not going to go through it in depth, but you mentioned casting lots. Jesus' clothing, okay, the soldiers did that. What about uh, believers? Do we see believers doing that? Okay. okay. Yeah, interesting. So was that gambling? They, remember, remember, yeah, remember our, our definition of what gambling was, right? Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. So was this gambling or is this an act of faith? Yeah. So they're, they're, they're praying to God, look, Lord, we're doing this to, to discern your will. Like, make your will known here. They're not risking anything. They're not looking to gain anything, pers- you know, personally. You know, they're saying, look, we got these... We got these few guys here who are all really great. We we don't know God. We want you to make the decision. Here you go. And they use that method to allow the choice to be made. Um, you know, by you could either look at it by fate, or for them, it was by trusting God. Maybe even sure. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. Hmm. All right. <laughs> okay. So. We know that nothing happens from the scripture. We know that nothing happens outside of God's ultimate will, right? So how does he make this happen? Well, he's got his hands in all things. He can cause them, okay? He can directly cause them or allow them, okay? He doesn't cause all things necessarily, but he certainly allows all things, all right? Because nothing can happen outside of his his will. So what's the risk for us when we're gambling to disobey these principles of trusting in the sovereignty of God. Alright, we can read them down here. We pin our hopes on unlikely odds. Right? We Probably not a wise decision. We get caught up in the moment. That rush can kind of make things we wouldn't otherwise do, perhaps. Start to rely on self. There's that flesh element coming in. Right? I can do it. And we start to distrust God, that he's role. And then obviously there's potential destructive consequences when we start doing that, right? We turn away from God. We can't please ourselves and please God at the same time. We can't please our flesh. Can't please God. They don't. They don't coexist. Okay, those two things can't happen at the same time when we're talking about our sinful nature versus God's God's desire. Okay. So the litmus test. We're gonna go. We're gonna have a series of litmus tests for each of these principles. Okay. And the, this is the question that we're gonna ask: Am I am I doing this? If yes, if I if I'm doing this and following God's principles. Okay, let's check that off the list. I'm not concerned with that. If I'm not, then I have to stop and say, okay, maybe I need to rethink doing this activity. All right? So for this uh, principle, we're going to say, are my actions demonstrating 
trust in God's sovereignty over my life, or am I trusting in luck to determine my fate? All right. This has to do with motivations, right? Where, where, where is my faith lie? Maybe it's in myself. Maybe it's in fate, luck, the roll of the dice, perhaps, the pick of the number. Or ultimately, am I trusting in God's sovereignty when I even approach the idea of gambling? Do I have a strong foundation in, in that? All right. Let's move on to stewardship, the second principle. And again, we're going to need some readers, so let's take a look at what the Bible says about stewardship. There's a lot, but we're going to select a, a few verses here. Proverbs 12, 11. Um, uh, George, your table, can someone read? All right. What do we know about this? God says, avoid the, avoid the worthless pursuits, right? Also in Proverbs uh, 3, verse 9 to 11. Uh, someone at Pat's table. All right, so we're talking about first fruits, right? Things God's, and so He deserves first and the best of what we have, right? All right, next we're looking at James 1. Uh, someone at this table who didn't read before. Okay, so simply put, everything good comes from God. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> if it's good, it's coming from God. So anything, we can then say, anything that's coming from God is going to be good, right? First uh, Timothy six seventeen to 19. So our trust goes in God, not our wealth, right? It's His anyways. If we trust that, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be gone, you know? We hear the saying all the time, we can't take it with us. Oh, God, and God can take us just like that, the blink of an eye. So hold on to these material things that we have. Kind of, it's kind of fruitless, isn't it? Pointless. Yeah, Carl? We've, we've had a couple of lessons uh, and sermons about uh, stewardship. And I think the general principle, what we see here and what we remember from those is what? All things belong to God, right? Nothing's ours, including our time. Sometimes we don't think about that element of the gambling activity. It's the wise use of my time, let alone our money, right? Everything we have is God's. We're entrusted by God to use it wisely for His glory, okay? Not ours. This isn't so we can get ahead. God desires our first fruits, wants our best, give back to Him. All right, so what's at risk when we approach gambling where we might disobey the principles of stewardship. Well, we're chasing, what, unrealistic odds, right? We've, we've brought that up a couple times. That'd be a wasteful use of our time and resource. Realistic I mean, I, I, I don't know the exact number, but the Powerball lottery or the Mega Millions lottery, buy a ticket to that, and anyone know what the odds are? Yeah, what are the 178 million. Probably that dollar could be better used by, uh, you know, maybe a homeless person on the street or put towards... Uh, you know, the local church or your youth group fundraising event or you name it, you know. There's a, I, I can't think of too many things that aren't better use of a dollar when it looks at 178 million on odds, right? That way. Attention to self versus glory to God. Who are we drawing attention to? Ourselves or are we giving it to God? Oops. All right, to lose what we can't afford to lose. You ever notice how there's a lot of people playing the lottery who really can't afford to? Yeah, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Temptation to withhold from God. Start getting into that rush that we talked about. Our flesh starts to take over and say, uh, if I just place one more bet, even though I'm out of money, even though I'm past my budget, one more bet, I think I can win next time. Well, where is that coming from? Right? So the litmus test for stewardship are 
Am I being wise with the time and resources God has entrusted to me, or am I foolishly wasting them away? Talking about wise use of God's resources that He's entrusted to us. I, well, yeah, but it's for the schools, right? Interesting point. Just last night, just last night on the radio, I heard a news story. <laughs> I heard a news story about statistics, the Illinois State Lottery statistics from from this past year. And I, I wrote them down because I thought it was fascinating. Illinois Lottery, how much do you think they took in in 2010? Throw a number out there. Not quite. $2 billion. Lots of money, right? That's a record for them. Nine straight years in a row. Illinois, the Illinois Lottery, yeah, nine straight years in a row. Nine years in a row, it's increased. A record every year. And what's our economy? Right. Everyone's broke, right? But it's supposed to go to the schools. Do you know how much of that money went to the schools? How much? 5%. Well, it's actually, actually 5% went back to the, to the public improvement. So actually it's 2.5% to the schools and 2.5% to the capital improvement. So it's kind of manipulation there, huh? All right, we'll, we're going to talk about that too when it comes to social justice. All right. Next litmus test for stewardship. Have my actions caused me to at all compromise my convictions about how the Spirit is moving me to spend God's money? By faithfully and consistently giving to my local church, God's work around the world, and to the poor and needy. Right? Am I taking that money, putting it somewhere else, taking away from God? Maybe taking away those first fruits. If I set up a responsible budget that allows for these activities, and am I disciplined enough to stick to that budget? Right? This gets an element. Can you even afford to do this? You know? Are you saving? Are you investing wisely? Are you... Uh, tithing, are you, are you giving above and beyond that? Are you in debt? All, all questions we need to ask, all right? Moving on to the third principle, we're talking about covetousness and greed, okay? Something that God uh, feels pretty strongly about, and we'll see how. The Bible says in Philippians 4, 11 to 13, uh, someone from the back table in the corner. All right, there's contentment in God's strength, isn't there? When we trust Him, we're, we have that security. Alright, 1 Timothy 1, 9-10. Someone up in front here. Alright, again, the temptation is to say, well, it's money that's the evil. No, we have to remind ourselves, it's the love of money that's, that's wrong here. Okay? So, love of money is what brings destruction. Next up, Matthew 6, 19-21, and then verse 24. Uh, someone from the front table here, please. Notice here how there's no middle ground, right? There's no gray area when it comes to this. Either serving ourselves and loving our money, or we're serving our God. But we know from these passages that God has commanded us not to covet what is ours. Given us what we need, trusted us with what He's desired to entrust with us, and that's it. If someone else has something different, that's because God's allowed that. God hates greed. It draws us away from Him towards ourselves. We are easily fooled into thinking we need, aren't we? God is so strong about this because He knows our weakness. He knows how quickly we're, we're distracted by the desire for more. What's the risk while gambling when it comes to covetousness and greed? Well, we can start to focus on what we don't have. As soon as you do that, boy, that's dangerous, isn't it? When you got all these chances to, to strike it rich. Do uh, our desires over God's. Our healthy motives can easily be compromised. So the litmus test when it comes to covetousness and greed, am I content in what God has given me or am I driven by a desire for more? 
really important question. It's a hard question to ask, too, and be honest with ourselves. Am I doing this? Because really, i got to win. Like, I'm really counting on this. If I gamble, do I expect to lose? I earlier brought up that, that question. Say, well, it's pretty unrealistic odds, so I, I'm not holding on to this money. I expect to lose it. But I'm going to enjoy myself because that's what I choose to do for entertainment. If I do win, would I be content if God asked me to give it all away? It is, right? Great question to ask ourselves. So number four in the principles, passion and social justice. Let's read what the Bible says about this principle. Isaiah 1, 17, uh, someone from the state. All right, pretty straightforward, right? Be an advocate to those in need. God's desire for us. Uh, this table back here, James 1, 27. All right. God desires us to stand out. Doing that, maintain purity, and aid those who are afflicted. James 2, 15 to 16. Let's go in the back table in the middle. I think I, the couple times I've actually been in a casino... Outside, inevitably, is someone asking, begging for money. Reading that, it's kind of difficult to justify walking by, isn't it? Our knowledge is useful without the action, right? One's in need, know that, well, what's the point unless we do something? All right, Ephesians 4.28. Uh, let's go with table, Jeff's table. All right, this is kind of principle that uh, John was talking about earlier, right? How are we supposed to acquire our, our, our resources, our money? Well, this principle says we should be working for it, right? So, stop the greed and start the giving is is take out of that. Galatians five thirteen to fifteen. Right. So, loving ser- loving and serving others brings freedom from the bondage of sin. We know through these passages and others that God desires us to be advocates of the weak, seek justice, and to give to those in need. All right. So, we're going to take that knowledge along with. The reality that gambling draws in those people in need. You know, we talked about who's standing in the line for the lottery tickets. Often the poor are susceptible to the allure of striking it rich. You know, people do desperate things in desperate times, right? Maybe your last dollar, it's like, well, what, what other choice do I have? Buy a lottery ticket. Hope that things turn, out, turn around for me financial standpoint. Well, we also alluded to the idea that Sometimes these institutions, casinos or lotteries, uh, are designed to take advantage of these kind of people. Think about the commercials and the, and the, you know, the spectacle of a casino. Like, wow, it's supposed to be overwhelming to our senses, right? To draw us in and keep us there. Well, that, that plays to our weaknesses. You know? it, it distracts us from, from wise decisions. It says, they hear this is good. You want more, you want more, you want more. Very dangerous. So what's the risk? That we promote and support the institutions that exploit those who suffer. Now certainly everybody makes their own decisions, right? But if something is set up and takes advantage of those who might be in a weak position, well, we have to consider that. We might be taking from those who need help. Our credibility and witness is also potentially diminished. So the litmus test for compassion and social justice are my actions promoting the love mercy, and justice of God, or am I neglecting those I'm called to love? Another one, could I potentially win the money uh, belonging to someone else who could not afford to lose it and or who was taken advantage of? What if, what if you lined up buddy in the casino, you had to stare him in the face, and they declared you the winner, and you collected 20 bucks from everybody or $100 from everybody there? 
I would imagine that would be pretty difficult looking into some of these people's faces knowing that they really can't afford to lose that. So would your witness be compromised? Are my actions encouraging a weaker brother to stumble in sin? There's that principle we, we brought up. Maybe the guy next to you has got a gambling problem. You're joining in him with that excitement. Are you encouraging him to continue down that path? So where does this leave us? Let's wrap this up. Our purpose redefined. Let's bring it back. Okay? Test everything, hold on to the good, and avoid every kind of evil. We talked about this with the music, uh, movies, entertainment uh, discussion. All right? This is a pretty strong command. Hold on to the good, avoid every kind of evil. Notice it doesn't say avoid most kinds of evil or some kinds of evil. Sometimes it's really difficult to discern what's evil, isn't it? Hopefully with some of these litmus tests, we can kind of get a better sense of what does God desire from us. If I'm not doing that, well, we can probably consider that evil. How do we know what's good? Philippians 4.8 passage that we had talked about too. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, lovely, commendable, and excellent, and worthy of praise, think about these things. Got some benchmarks to shoot for, right? Some, some uh, principles that we know are good, are worth attaching ourselves to. So when we align our hearts and actions with these things, we align ourselves with the attributes of God. When we're doing that, it's a lot easier to discern and what, how, to, how to live that holy life, right? What can we conclude? Being holy, well, gambling can be, be very difficult, right? have to acknowledge that. Even though the, the act of gambling may not be a sin, really difficult waters to navigate. You know, if you want to go swimming, are you going to jump in with the sharks? Rolling the dice with our integrity. Pardon the pun. I think I, I uh, wrote in here... Um, just as the gambler faces overwhelming odds in order to come out ahead, it seems that the odds are also stacked, stacked against the Christian who chooses to gamble while at the same time desiring to live a life of righteousness. This isn't something for the faint of heart, right? We really have to have a strong foundation in order to even approach kind of activities. So use the litmus test to help make wise decisions. All right? Use these questions. If, you're gonna, if you say, you know what, I, I think I want to go, go do something like this. I, wanna, I think I, I'm okay with gambling. Well, I hope that you can use some of these things to measure your motives and your attitudes. Okay? So, measuring every motive and behavior against the truth of Scripture, that's, that's the key, right? That's what we talked about. What our goal is, let's bring it all back, live our lives holy and pleasing to God, giving Him the ultimate glory in everything we do. That's the ultimate litmus test. right? Is this, is this honoring God? Is He getting the glory through this action, or is He not? Right. So let's open it up. We can talk about some questions if you'd like. Uh, we can go back. Maybe some of your ideas about some of these uh, scenarios have changed. Uh, if so, let us know. Right. Talk about it. Anybody have any questions, first of all, or any points that they'd like to bring up? Maybe something they didn't talk about that you say, well, what about this? No silly questions, I promise. I caught myself this morning telling my wife, hey, wish me luck. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of knew what I was doing, you know, and played with it. But yeah, I mean, how, how, how many, how subtly are these ideas ingrained in us? You know? maybe it's great problem. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, well, that opens up a big discussion. Um, so that's this probably isn't the the avenue for that. But but let's take a look. You know, um, that that scenario of the outreach event um, is the Texas Hold'em. The problem. 
Or why are these kids doing it? I think that's a great question to ask. What's the purpose? You know, is this an outreach opportunity? Is this simply a social opportunity? Money? Is it any different than, you know, take the, take the movie, uh, um, uh, example with movies, you know? Are we going to have an event that shows uh, a secular movie that really doesn't promote anything specifically God-honoring? No? Is it the movie? Is it movies in general that are wrong? Or is it the way that that movie is, is promoted or the way, what the messages in that movie are saying? Versus, well, you know, if I play Texas Hold'em with a bunch of money and tell these kids, yeah, bring all your money, we're going to gamble. Well, that's, I think that's a bit different than bring them in saying, hey, come play this game. We have a couple prizes, but really our goal is to, is to really grow, you know, grow our relationships and reach out to, to some of the uh, you know, unchurched kids out there. My sure. just sends them out. Right. The risky waters, again. The right? <laughs> again, are we following the principles that we've talked about? If so... Yeah, isn't it kind of? It is kind of up to God, right? But we have to make sure that that we're not compromising on any of those things. Well, let me let me give this example. Why why is the church? Why does the church have a Facebook page? Yeah. Okay. But why Facebook? Popular, right? So we're feeding into what are the what are the cultural trends? Is Facebook evil? No. Can can some really bad things be done with Facebook? Yeah. It's, <laughs> I know a couple of people's opinion on that, but. Yeah. But is it are our motivations right? So again, one principle that we need to remember is that if we if we apply scripture to one activity, we have to apply the same principles across the board, right? Just because it's a hot topic, or just because we have personal opinions coming into it, doesn't mean that we can take things in our own hands and not ask the same questions about everything that we do. No, I think that's a really important point. So, and also the importance of we have to wrap up here, but. You know, let's remember the importance of, you know, what we're teaching our kids all along. What principles are we instilling in them in order for them to make these wise decisions down the road, right? Let me uh, close this up and uh, uh, pray, and then we'll be uh, able to go over to the sanctuary. Lord, we uh, love you, and we just thank you for uh, the opportunity to come gather, uh, worship you, honor you with discussion, and uh, dive into your word, Lord, and to discover um, what is good and what we should be matching our motives and actions and attitudes. We pray that you um, help us, Lord, to be wise in our decisions in the way that we live our life and that everything that we do, Lord, glorifies you um, all the time, uh, that you, Lord, are the only one praised. With us as we go today, uh, love you, and we pray in your Son's name. Amen. Yeah. Good. Thanks. We're gonna tear you up. Good. 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 Good.